Welcome everyone to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host Dave Bell. 42894 is the phone number. Wait, did I only give two numbers at the end? 4289494. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a good day. My guests today are scheduled to be somebody from the Graham County Democratic Party, but I've not seen nor heard. So hopefully somebody will be showing up in fairly short order. Um, In the meantime, we chat if you want. By the way, you can turn this conversation into anything you want. Just phone call 428-9494. We can shift gears however you want. Um, There was something that that caught my eye yesterday that I really did want to chat about. And uh, so not having somebody here right now means at least we can kind of start diving in on it. It was uh, a press release that I got from uh, the State House Majority Caucus, the Republicans, the the Republicans in the legislature. They will send out uh, news releases. I tend to get those. I tend not to get the Democrats. Not sure why. I guess I'm just not on their press release list. Whatever. Nine times out of ten, it's it's stuff I don't ever pay attention to. Because whether it's Democrat or Republican, it's statements about something that really don't mean anything. Now, I'm not saying that the things they're making statements on don't mean anything, just that their their statements don't mean anything. You know, a statement about the whole situation involving Israel and Hamas right now doesn't mean anything from the Arizona legislature. It just doesn't. You know, you can be upset at what's happening over there. You can take one side or the other. That's fine. But the legislature or a caucus issuing a statement really doesn't mean anything. Now, when Congress does, well, that affects military aid, humanitarian aid, etc. But Arizona's not sending anything over or dependent on anything from over there. It's not part of our massive trade. We do more trade with Sonora, Mexico than we do with anybody else. So that kind of stuff, I just, I look at and I go, okay, whatever. But this one had to do with water. And it was from, uh, it quoted our representative, one of our representatives, Gail Griffin, who represents Graham, Greenlee, Cochise counties. And Gail has been maybe the legislature's number one water hawk over the last 15 years she's been in. I, I'd actually have to look. She could have been in the legislature more than 15. Um, I know she's got, she can do one more term in the House. So she's running for re-election. I know that. Um, so Gail has been just eyes on the prize when it comes to water. Specifically how the metro areas treat water and whether or not they can get any water from the rural areas. Gail's been pretty good about that. No, no, you cannot deny this. She has been really good about protecting rural Arizona from metro Arizona when it comes to water. There's a bill, and I recommend everybody go to GilaValleyCentral.net. The story went up late yesterday afternoon, and attached to the story... You know, if you just look at a headline, 
you're not going to get everything. You're going to have to click on it. You can go to Gila Valley Central's Facebook page. You can go to the KATO Facebook page, and there's a link there. It'll take you to the story. At the bottom of the story is both Griffin's response to the bill and a copy of the bill. And it's important because you should read both for yourself. When people say do your own research, this is doing your own research. Literally, it's a bill that is going to be introduced into the legislature when the legislature convenes in January. It will be introduced. Whether or not it passes, that's a whole other issue. Whether or not the governor signs it, that's a whole other issue. But it's a bill that will be introduced. And this is Griffin's statement to that bill. This is literally doing your own research and doing it properly. You're going to the source. So there, there are two bills that are being introduced, one in the Senate, one in the House. They're both the same bill um, that wants to create uh, a new, it's not really an organization, but a new paradigm when it comes to water in the state of Arizona. So let me call it up real quick. Uh, Where did it go? Nothing more interesting than listening to somebody look up something on, uh, on the internet, on the radio. That's just brilliant, isn't it? There we go. So the bill, uh, House Bill 2731, Senate Bill 1306 wants to create local groundwater stewardship area councils. That's what this bill is proposing. I mean, it's proposing a whole bunch of other stuff too, but uh, but that's the big takeaway. Local groundwater stewardship area councils. So what does that mean? These councils would have the responsibility of reviewing any proposal, any, let me take that back, any new proposal for use of groundwater. Could be a new subdevelopment, a subdivision, excuse me, could be uh, additional wells on an existing property, etc. So anytime anybody wants to tap into an aquifer, under this bill, if passed, if signed into law, the local groundwater stewardship area council would be responsible to review that. And part of that review would require the developer, the individual, whomever, to show there is sufficient water to do whatever it is they want to do and not impact the existing water users. That, that's a real, real big key there is you've got to prove it. You've got to show. You have to show, Mr. Developer. You have to show, Mr. Farmer, Mr. Um, I don't know, Industrialist. There is sufficient water for you to do what you would like to do and not negatively impact everybody who's already there. Then that uh, the council would then make a recommendation. 
approve or deny. That would be sent to the Board of Supervisors of whatever county they're in, and they would make a final decision. So it could be a Safford housing development in the city of Safford. This council would be tasked with determining if there's sufficient water. If this council says, no, you've not proven that there's sufficient water, that it will not negatively impact all the other users of Safford water, they would then send it to the Board of Supervisors. The Board of Supervisors would reject that development, even though it's not in the the unincorporated parts of the county. It would be the Board of Supervisors' job to approve or, or deny. And, and they can overturn the council. There's nothing in... The bill that says the supervisors have to do what the council recommends, just simply that the council is there to recommend. Unless I misread the bill, the bill, which is a possibility. You know, I could have misread the, misread the bill. I'll go through it again just to be safe. But I gave it a once over yesterday. Griffin's opposed. And Griffin brings up one, one part that I completely agree with her on, 100%. I agree with her. There's nothing in the bill that says the local groundwater, what did we call them? Local groundwater stewardship area council has to be local. There's nothing in it that says that. And as we've seen from Maricopa County interest trying to dictate how Graham County does business, uh, you can, you know, you can appoint. And by the way, the appointment to that council is made by the governor. The governor could appoint a Phoenix local groundwater council for Graham County. And Gil, uh, Griff, Gail Griffin said, no, that's, that's horrid. That's, that's, that you cannot do that. If, if you're going to have anything local, it's got to be local. I'm 100% in agreement with her on that. I, I do, because we know the Phoenix area is desperate for water right now. Now, there are other things that she said that I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, she called it a radical social economic transformation in rural Arizona. I don't, disagree, I don't necessarily agree with that. And she called it California-style groundwater management districts. That's just a buzzword because Arizonans get all upset when California does something. And how dare us be like them? Yeah. It's the fourth largest economy in the world is California. I wouldn't mind if we were a little bit more like California because that would mean our economy is really humming. But okay. So I, I think it's I think it's worth looking into. I think it's I think it's worth exploration and not just not just an automatic, oh my gosh, it's government overreach, you can't have that. If you make a local council, truly be local. I, I'm, I'm struggling to see the bad part. Here's what I did. Just a real quick, just real quick this morning. I looked up the fastest growing states in the United States right now. Idaho is the first, had a growth of 4.9% from 2020 to 2023. So in the last three years, using 2023's estimated population. Montana was second, 3.3%. Florida, 3.0%. Third, Arizona is at 2.6% growth over the last three years. 
Arizona has grown 10 out of the last 11 years, seven and a half million people, almost all of whom are in Maricopa County. Graham County had, in that same time period, a four-tenths of 1% growth in the last three years. And Greenlee County has actually lost 2.4% during that same time. This is all Census Bureau statistics. Again, got to go to the source. And 2023 is an estimate. But it's reasonable to say we have a water issue in Arizona. Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the United States. New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Phoenix. 2.6% growth for the state. Again, almost all of it, Maricopa and Pinal counties. Pinal had just phenomenal growth. I think it was over 4%. The, it's important to note, out of those top five cities, four of them are by major bodies of water. Um, it's, it's just a fact. That's you know how cities develop. They always develop near bodies of water um, because you needed it for trade. But there's another factor when you have a body of water. Um, when you're when you're dealing with water and look we all understand um where the heck is Houston I'm looking for it right now anyway um we understand when you've got major population water is an issue and while it is not effective cost effective power effective I mean the demands on power are huge theoretically New York LA and Houston could desalinate being on you know saltwater bodies Chicago's on a freshwater well I wouldn't drink Lake Michigan water I have swam in it I wouldn't drink it you could filter it and, and it's drinkable Phoenix has no body of water. We don't have that option here in Arizona. Now, again, it's not a cost-effective option. It's not a realistic option. It's certainly not an option based on the demands of power. Our, our power costs would scream through. New York's power costs would, would just shoot through the roof if you had to desalinate to provide water to every one of those citizens. It just, it, it, it's, not, it's not realistic but it's a possibility. You could augment your water to New York or LA with desalinization. And heck, I personally think Arizona should have gone to California and said, we'll help fund some of your desalinization for the LA market if we get your water allocation from the Colorado River. We'll trade you that. We'll help pay for your desalinization but we get your water allocation because the number one water allocation from the Colorado River is the Metropolitan Water District, which serves L.A. and San Diego. 
That's the number one priority. Number two are the farms that's in the uh, Imperial Valley of California. And that's Arizona's low on the priority for Colorado River water. And as we all know, it's been declining. So if you know, I'm, I'm in favor of desalinization in certain instances, but the reality is it's expensive. It's, it's a really expensive proposition. We've not gotten the cost down on that yet. And it does take a tremendous amount of power. Now, I mean, I'm no engineer, but it seems to me if we could figure out a way to generate power using ocean current, which can be done, by the way, I believe there's some, uh, I think it's one of the Scandinavian countries that's, that's using ocean current to generate power, you know, basically inertia. Um, functionally no different than a water wheel that's that's you turning a turbine same thing just using the ocean current to do that um if you did that to maybe power help power the desalinization plant so it almost becomes a uh, perpetual motion machine almost i mean can't again that's theoretical not real but you know comes as close to it as you can uh, you know, maybe that's a way. I don't know. But I know that that is an outlandish, unrealistic, but still possible solution if the four of the five major cities ever found itself, found themselves in a situation with absolutely no water. Phoenix doesn't have that option. Arizona's last in priority for Colorado River water. The Phoenix and Tucson areas draw their water from the Colorado River via the Central Arizona Project. I've toured their intake. It's up in Lake Havasu, as is Metropolitan Water Districts, by the way. If there isn't enough water, Arizona is just in trouble. That's just the deal. And I'm looking at areas in Maricopa County where you have to ask yourself, what were you thinking? The amount of green space in Scottsdale is mind-boggling. And I understand why they did it. We're a little wealthier than other areas. We can afford to put this in, so we'll put it in even though it costs us a lot of money because Scottsdale does not generate enough effluent to use treated wastewater on all that green space. They just don't. They don't have the population to generate enough wastewater that they could treat it and put it on those parks those golf courses. So they're using potable water in a desert to water things that don't belong in a desert. Now, before I did a, a groundwater council, would I order areas with insufficient treated effluent 
to pull up their green space? You bet. But then do I affect the economy? You know, if I ordered Scottsdale to remove some of those golf courses, what does that do to Arizona's economy? Get a lot of snowbirds coming in, spending money. That's money coming from Canada, coming from Wisconsin, coming from Minnesota, from New York, from Washington, because they want to come here in the winter and play golf. And they want to play a different golf course every day and just travel around the desert southwest. It's a lot of money. And they go out to eat and they go to shows they buy a few groceries, but they either live in an RV or they have a, a, a winter home that they've outfitted once and they aren't going to outfit again. So they spent their money one time, but that's about it. But it's still a lot of money that's coming from those areas. A lot of money. And if you remove some of that green space, what does that do to the economy? Now, it doesn't directly affect us. We don't get a ton of those snowbirds, but it affects state revenues and state shared revenues affects your your communities. Nothing happens in a vacuum is what I'm saying. Nothing happens in a vacuum. So is this, is a council reviewing new uses the way to go? I don't see it as necessarily a bad thing. We have to acknowledge that we just don't have the water that we want. And with the growth, you cannot stop people from coming in. You can't stop them from moving here. With the growth, we we have to take steps. I really encourage you, read the bill. Read Griffin's response to it. If you agree with her, let her know. It's important. She needs to know how you feel when she goes to the legislature. If you disagree with her, let her know. You know, and and there's nothing, that's, that's what she's there for. She's there to hear you. And that's what she wants to do. I've talked to Gail enough times. Gail's a wonderful woman. She wants to know what you think. And if you agree with her and you say, look, this is Phoenix trying to tell the rural areas what to do and we won't have that, let her know. Let her know. And conversely, hey, Gail, I think this is a good idea. I agree that, you know, maybe we need to tweak a couple things, but I think in general this is a good idea. Maybe the governor shouldn't appoint. Maybe it should be the board of supervisors who appoint. Heck, they appoint the planning and zoning commissioners. Why not the groundwater council? Why, why does it have to be the governor? Let the local areas appoint their own local councils. Maybe that's the solution. Or maybe it's don't do it at all. Let her know. 428-9494 is the phone number. I'm going to take a quick break, take a drink of water. When we come back, find something else to talk about right after this.
Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number. Again, you guys can take this conversation any way you want. It's up to you. Just because I want to talk about something doesn't mean it's what we should be talking about. I was looking at my news feed during the break, and there was a um, Republican who voted against Jim Jordan in the most recent, um, well, yesterday's vote for speaker. Uh, let's see, who was who was the guy? Don Bacon. He's a Republican out of Nebraska. He voted against him. Um, I don't, I've never heard of the guy before, but, you know, okay. Voted against him. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because this came over my feed. His wife received an anonym, a series of anonymous texts saying that uh, she has to tell him to vote for Jordan and that if he doesn't, uh, he will never hear your husband will not hold any political office ever again. What a disappointment and failure he is now expressing your dissatisfaction with a vote. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Should have sent it to Bacon. Hey, dude, I, didn't, I don't like what you did. I'm not going to vote for you. There you go. Sending it anonymously, cowardly. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of the anonymous stuff. Just I'm not. As editor of The Courier, I would have people say, I'd like to send a letter to the editor, but I don't want my name published. I would say the same thing. Nope. You got to put your name on it. Was that Herm Edwards? Did he say, put your name on it? You got you to put your name on it. That's it. At the courage of your convictions. You believe it? You want to say it? Say it. Put your name on it. So the anonymous thing, cowardly. Sending it to a spouse, in my mind, is an indirect threat. Sending an anonymous text to an, uh, to a spouse, which, by the way, you could call the police and they could track ISP. Is, but sending it to a spouse is saying, we don't like what you did. And by the way, we know how to get to your significant other, your spouse, your wife, your husband. And we could do it whenever we want. It's an indirect threat to send it to a spouse. Politics has devolved. And I, I over the weekend, I read a piece where, where Barry Goldwater was disappointed. I mean, he was saddened, obviously, by the, the assassination of John Kennedy, but he was disappointed that John Kennedy was killed and couldn't run for re-election in 64 because Barry Goldwater and John Kennedy were friends. And they and Barry Goldwater said, I looked forward to campaigning with and against him and having spirited discussion. Now, they didn't agree on policy, but they weren't evil to each other. And now you've got folks in the same party that are evil to each other because I'm not getting what I want. That's insane. Now look, I'm no Jim Jordan fan. I'm not. He hasn't done anything in Congress. Literally, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't introduced any bills that have ever passed. 
Um, he's conducted a ton of hearings that have amounted to literally nothing. No findings. Not even findings. I mean, sometimes you have hearings and you have a finding, and then whether or not Department of Justice or anybody will do anything about it, that's, you know, totally different. But there weren't even any findings. I think Jim Jordan is a grandstander. I think he really, really loves being on TV. And so he does a lot of theater. There are a lot of politicians that do that. There are a lot of politicians that do that. I'm not a fan. I'd like to I'd like my elected officials to do something. If I disagree with you, I'll vote against you. If I agree with you, I'll vote for you. There you go. Just do something. I had one, my my congressman before I moved here was Trent Franks. I didn't necessarily agree with him, but I always knew where he stood and I knew how he was going to vote and he told us how he was going to vote and he told us why he was going to vote in a particular way and when he introduced legislation, here's what he was doing. Okay. I don't have to agree with you all the time, but just do something. It's what you're there for. You're not there to collect a paycheck and disappear. You're an elected official. You're, You're there to do a job. Especially when you're pulling a full-time salary. Look, if, if you're the member of a city council, the mayor, you can't live on what is paid. It's, it's a couple of hundred bucks a month. It can't be done. It's literally there to just to cover costs. So you're going to have a job. You're not necessarily going to be at City Hall every day. That's fine. That's, that's, that's fine. But when you've got a full-time job, when you're, when you're a county supervisor, when you're uh, the county treasurer, when you're the recorder, you're getting a full-time salary. And when you're a congressman, you're getting a full-time salary. You better be on the job. We have supervisors who are on the job. We, we have now a treasurer who's on the job. That's what you want. Jordan, look, you can like Jordan, you can dislike Jordan. I don't care. I really don't care about that. Whoever this is is only going to be the speaker for until next January. But the reality is threatening, even intimating a threat against the spouse of somebody you want to vote a certain way or you didn't like their vote is cowardly. And is not how America should function. Boy, I end this a lot with that's not how America should function. We got we to gotta do better, folks. They should just see how we do things in Graham County, right? We get it done. Both sides of the aisle. All right, that's it for me. I'm out of here for right now. I will be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day. 